What's going on, everyone? Welcome back to Stacking Slabs. This is your hobby content alternative. My name is Brett McGrath. I collect sports cards. I have a podcast about collecting sports cards and do appreciate you taking some time out of your week to listen to some sports card collecting content. We are here. We are ready to go. I am fueling up on coffee right now. I just got back from a run. One of my kids is eating. The other kid is asleep. The house is quiet. I'm playing a little injured. Lack of sleep as I record this. Uh, got home late from the Colts-Texans game. And gosh, just a hit to the fandom. I will say, as I get older, I feel like I'm getting better managing the ends of seasons and the ends of runs or when you're Hope gets completely crushed. I feel like there's bigger priorities. There's bigger things in life. And I just try not to get consumed by something that I can't control. Maybe it's the therapy in my life. Are you getting the therapy you need? Are you talking to someone? I think it's helpful. Um, But man, I just got home last night and did what uh, some of us do in times where we're struggling. I Opened up my refrigerator, opened up a box of leftover pizza. And, you know, when you leave a stadium of, you know, 70,000 people and the emotions are high and low, no matter what time it is when you get back home, it is really hard to just shut down. So I ate some pizza and then moseyed on up to upstairs and then hardly slept, tossing and turning, woke up early, went for a run, uh, listened to some shout out to uh, Chris and Josh had the crossover on in the run. And I'll just say this, like, I didn't want to think about sports this morning. I'm sitting here talking about it. But that's kind of where the hobby fits in. It's like, no matter what, NBA, MLB, NFL, NHL, whatever your team is, there's literally only one fan base that's going to end the season happy. And it's just, we're all just like waiting for the time where someone pulls the rug out from under us. I definitely just got, I'm dealing with that feeling right now in real time. But I think that's where cards are fun, where we can just turn to cards, turn to content, and just forget about it for a little bit. It is an alternate universe, uh, sports cards. And that's what collecting is. Like my mechanism to get my mind off of the NFL and my team today is to just, be obsessive with cards, like dig into the safe searches, look at my collection, evaluate. Um, that type of activity gets me away from the things that aren't making me feel so good. And oh, I almost forgot. I almost forgot our unofficial sponsor. It's a local one here in Indianapolis. Uh, good people, good product. I want to shout out Uh, The fine people at Parlor Donuts here in Indianapolis. Have you ever had a croissant-style donut? Man, they make a good one. They got a a donut over there. It's called the Sandy Beach. It's like a croissant-style donut. And it literally feels like you're eating a, or doesn't feel, it tastes like you're eating a um, elephant ear at the State Fair. I feel like I'm going to the State Fair every Saturday morning. And I am going to Parlor Donuts every Saturday morning because I got kids, man. 
If you got kids, you're going to get donuts. It's one of the big benefits of having a child. If you are thinking to yourself right now, or you're having conversations with your spouse, should we have kids? The answer is yes. And the answer is yes, because you get to go have donuts at places like Parlor Donuts every Saturday morning. Get that sugar high, get that crash, and be on your way. So I've got a leftover donut. I'm talking pizza. Uh, I'm talking donuts. I'm talking, I got a coffee here. I am trying to do whatever I can to fuel myself with the carbs and the caffeine and make myself as happy as I can be until I get that email that says, hey, by the way, it's time to renew your season tickets. Shout out to anyone out there who's listening, who is sick enough in the head to be a season ticket holder, spending thousands of dollars every year to go see your team live and then just be crushed at the end of it. So it goes. Looking to the future, I will say this in all honesty, going into this season as a Colts fan, there wasn't a lot of expectations. And then your franchise quarterback, who showed tremendous promise, gets hurt. We, were, we, we as fans didn't think we were going to be in a position to at least have a shot to do anything. So by and large, the future is bright in Indianapolis. And I'm just here with my donuts and my coffee and probably going to spend a whole lot of time not watching the NFL, at least for this weekend, which will have already passed, and I'll be focused on the playoffs, but I'll be digging in to those safe searches and those conversations on the Instagram machine. One of those things that has definitely taken over the hobby in the past several, I don't know, has it been a week? I lose time, but is NFL prism? NFL Prism and Prism is king. There is no product that drops that gets a response like we see when that new product drops. We talked about the parallel structure and the consistency. And yes, we're on parallel overboard, not just in Prism, but almost every product. There's parallels on top of parallels, and we're having to decipher decipher what is what is significant, what is not, you know, player collectors out there or rainbow collectors out there are, you know, losing sleep trying to chase 2,000 different parallels. But every app I opened this week, there was something going on with Prism Football. And I think collecting, I think about collecting maturity, and I think when we see new product drop or new shiny object, and we've got something in that product that interests us, I think collecting maturity is having the ability to prevent yourself from getting swallowed by the hobby vortex. And the hobby vortex is basically getting sucked into any of the gimmicks that are being run in the mainstream to get you to pay a premium in that moment for that thing that you really want, but because you want it, you're not thinking or 
you're not thinking rationally about is this a really good decision for me long term? Is this a good decision for my collection long term? It's being in the moment and just going and making decisions that sometimes or most of the time we regret. And for me, it's been really hard to uh, look at cards of young prospect players that impact me and I'm a fan of, like an Anthony Richardson. I, as a collector, have to be very intentional about the money that I'm spending in the hobby. I share this a lot, right? Like we moved into a brand new home this year and we're so happy and it was it's, it was such a good decision, but it was a significant upgrade in terms of space from where we were living. So with that, there's it costs more money. It also costs more money when you add another person in your family. And that happened to us this year. I have to be, and the, here's just an aside, I spend a lot of money to be season ticket holders to get kicked kicked in the face every year because I like being a fan. But it's evaluating all these expenses I have in my life. And when I evaluate all the expenses I have in my life and I think about the new shiny object and I think about prism dropping, it's really hard for me to justify spending a lot of money on an Anthony Richardson card that's not even a parallel that I truly desire and I truly want. I think what's new in the hobby has a substantial premium. I referenced listening to the crossover. And while I, this morning, and they were having a conversation around this, and I guess I didn't, there's been so many breaks flooding every channel and every free feed of prison football for me. And I guess I didn't even take into consideration the financials of it to look, what's a box of prism cost? And, you know, we're talking $850, $900. All right, let's take breaking aside. Who is going out to the hobby shop and spending $850, bucks, 900 bucks on prism? There's probably some of you out there who are doing that. And you're listening to this podcast. And I wish I could be you, but I just can't, man. That's I, I can't take that kind of a gamble. And that just seems absurd to me for a cost of prison football. And you, you're if you're breaking that, chances yourself, chances are you're probably not seeing any return on that. And this is where we're at, though. Like we are at this phase where you've got boxes of cards that cost a certain amount of money that seems way out of reach because they're all being fractionalized by breaking. And then what happens on the other side is you've got these singles. And when someone does hit a single that is a new shiny object, or could be something that could command money on third-party market sales marketplaces, this is the this this desire to flip brings people to pay in and be a part of these breaks. But then what happens when the hype goes down, when these players actually hit the field? And it's this period. It's like every year. It's the same motion, right? New product goes up. Pay a lot to break the product. Pay a lot for the singles. Hype, 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 hype. Off season, players hit the field. Everyone starts selling. 
I just, as I record this, I just did a quick scan just to, I needed to see this myself. Like, and, and granted, like, the first player I'm going to mention is CJ Stroud. And CJ Stroud beat the Colts last night as I record this. And he's just a, he's a remarkable young quarterback and is, has a just very bright future. And so, with that bright future and what he's done already, like, it's not just potential, but it's potential plus people have already seen what he can do and taking his team to the playoffs in year one. But I'm just like, I did a quick look in card ladder just to see, okay, what's going on with some of these singles prices right now? Because I'm seeing the cost of these breaks. Here are just some of the high sales that I, I noticed. So you have, let's see here, I've, there's three public sales as I record this of CJ Stroud Color Blast cards. The Color Blast. The case hit, baby. You have on New Year's Day, one CJ Stroud color blast sold for $9,500. Three days later, you had one sell for, and these are all via auction, $9,500, $7,000, and then $8,700. So that's the first, the fourth, and the fifth. You have his blue shimmer out of 25 selling for $2,700. You have the Anthony Richardson green shimmer out of five on the fourth via auction selling for $3,750. You have Anthony Richardson's manga card selling for $2,500. You've got Anthony Richardson's cracked ice um, out of 99. I, man, I didn't write this down, but it, it was crazy. It was like, 1500 maybe 1250 Bryce Young gold shimmer out of 10 for 3k Aiden O'Connell black shimmer one of one 3250 it's a lot of money for a lot of players and this happens every year and it's just it's I call this out because it is so fun to evaluate the potential of players it's so fun to hope you get these players rookie cards but in all reality, when you're paying those sorts of prices, when you're paying $9,500 for a CJ Stroud color blast, and those cards aren't serial numbered, and those cards, there's, you know, they're going to keep rolling out. There's like I, three sales in the matter of three days tells you kind of all you need. And part of the fun of the hobby is what's next and opening up boxes searching for these cards but man it's getting crazy and it, it's it's getting crazy because it's pricing people out of just being able to go to their hobby shop and buy these cards but with that being said looking at the product itself it's prism and i think the elements of flippers coming in people buying into breaks collectors interest in trying to grab the parallels of the players that they collect makes for a great sustainable product long term. I don't necessarily pay attention to most of what's new that happens, but Prism always has my attention. I recently told a buddy if I could collect one card or one parallel and if that was a mandate that came down for me, I would probably pick Prism Gold. I'm a prism simp after all, and I often question what will happen when there's no more prism. But I think there is that that is why we see 
what we see is that you have a flagship product that brings together a lot of different personalities. And I think, though, if you are looking at potential areas to build out your collection, put your money, I just think the Prism product long-term with the players that have proven track records, Hall of Fame-worthy players, rare and scarce parallels that are consistent over a long period of time, it's probably a safer place to put it. Maybe not a safe place to put it is spending thousands and thousands of dollars of players who are just finishing their first rookie season. But what do I know? I'm just a collector who likes sports cards. Speaking of Prism, did you listen to the episode on Friday with Jesse Flippity Flip on gold vinyl? Out of five, man. I love understanding how collectors feel and think about rare and scarce parallels like gold vinyl. We are going to bring a game-worn parallel into the mix and something we haven't done yet, and that is fabric of the game. I got an unlocking a new character, Cards and Sneaks, Andrew, to talk about that. Tune in on Friday. I am excited to close this episode out, talk a little bit about a pickup that I had, and one of the conversa- or one of the points that I want to put out there is Jesse talking about his 96 mirror red premium stock Jerry Rice story where we miss out on auctions all the time, but then there's those cards in the periphery that we are constantly thinking and wanting and we evaluate the price. And when we miss out on a certain auction, we, instead of going and making an offer, we just go and move on to the next. You know those cards. You know what those cards are that are on your watch list that you've been looking at forever that are just sitting and you just haven't made the offer yet. Well, I think that the story of Jesse in the last episode talking about just making an offer after he won an auction, the Randy Moss essential credentials got too high. And then he was surprised when he woke up and his offer got accepted. There is a lot of sellers out there who are just waiting for the offer, but were intimidated on the price. And I just think going into 2024, the more we can prioritize and evaluate the specific cards that we want in our collection, and if they've been sitting for a while, make an offer, just see what happens. The worst that can happen is someone says no. I had one of those moments over break, and I was talking a lot about just my Manning spell, dry streak, collecting Peyton, and not being able to get the cards that I wanted. You know, and there was an unlock for me a year and a half, two years ago, where it was like, you know what? I'm not just going to collect his Colts cards. I'm going to collect his Broncos cards because I love the Panini stuff. And the Panini stuff is the stuff that resonates with me and all of Manning's strong cards. He's all in Broncos gear based on the era. And it's just, I have a connection with that era too as an Andrew Luck collector. And so I, there was a card. And this was a hell of a way to start the year. My good buddy, Paul, at World Combat, you know, the guy who wore 24 carat around his neck? Well, he had two copies of the 2013 Select Gold Peyton Manning Prism out of 10. Two copies, a PSA 10 and a PSA 9. I like this card because it's gorgeous. I've talked about 13, 
2013 select, the borders, just the way it looks. It's a first year. I also was in a position where I had I've sold some stuff and had I've been sitting on money. And so what I was doing over break was looking, waiting for cards to come up, looking for auctions. But at the end of the day, the card that I really wanted was that one. And so there had been a history of communication between Paul and I about one of these cards. And I said to myself, you know what? Now is a good time. And I said, hey, here's my number. If you want to sell one of those cards, let me know. And Paul responded back, said, appreciate the offer, but this is where I'm at. I slept on it, woke up, and I knew his what he wanted. It wasn't what I wanted to pay, but it wasn't too far away. And I just said, I, I DM'd him and I said, hey, man, I'm ready. Here you go. Here's the price. Let's get this done. And I think making deals with your buddies is so powerful. And those people that we have existing relationships with, there's no BS. It's not, it's, it's not going anywhere, but in my collection. And if I rewind the tape on communications between Paul and I about that card, we probably had 20 messages. I think it's all a very long game when we are going and trying to sell and acquire bigger cards or cards that are typically a little bit more than we're used to spending. I think about enterprise sales. I think about the industry I work in. I think about the long game. It takes several touch points. It's a long freaking game. And I think the less transactional we can make the hobby on the buying and selling side, the better off we will be. I hope that card hits and I don't miss it and miss the signature. Uh, Hopefully I'll have it posted by the time this episode goes live, but I'm coming in hot on 2024 and I'm trying to get cards that are substantial and make my collection shine. And I hope I can share those cards and those stories with you. And I hope I can bring on other collectors doing the same thing. My name is Brett McGrath. I love sports cards. Thank you so much for listening to this episode i will have cards and sneaks andrew talking about fabric of the game on friday take care talk to you soon